So a few of us here from Holy Family had the privilege of going to a, a, a fairly international conference or series of conferences uh, over in America, in St. Louis. It was called SEEK, uh, run by a group called FOCUS, the Fellowship of Catholic University Students. Uh, so they're, they gathered close to 22,000 young people, most from America, the vast majority from America, uh, probably maybe 1,000-ish uh, from other countries, but uh, mainly from America. Uh, and not only from America in general, but they're, they aim at university students. So that's one of the hardest, one of the most difficult demographics to come to anything religious between the ages of you know, 18 and 25. That is, in Ireland, it's, it's, that's, that's very, very challenging indeed. So to get 22,000, more or less 18 to 25-year-olds, to gather for a very Catholic event was spectacular. was really, because it's not just a gathering of people, but it's a gathering of, of faithful people. Uh, and from a priest's perspective, like the reverence with which they received Holy Communion brought tears to my eyes on numerous occasions. Uh, it was just the, just the, the, you could see the faith, you could just see it, the, 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 the reverence of which they, they, they received, the love, the, the joy for some, almost the kind of emotion for others. Just that there was a real encounter, a real uh, something otherworldly was happening when they received Holy Communion. Very, very beautiful. Uh, so they had some of the best speakers in the world there as well, so uh, Father Mike Schmitz and Chris Stefanik, and um, they also have a, a speaker from the Sisters of Life. Uh, in the past, it was a sister called Sister Bethany Madonna. This year, it was a sister named Sister Mary Grace from Australia. And she was fantastic. I'm just going to share one thing which she shared uh, during one of her talks, which really spoke to me. Uh, she, she started off her, her talk with some of the little sisters coming out, and they sang a little song, and it was all cute. And then she starts into how to, how to maintain our peace, how to hold on to your peace. Now you think of all the distractions we have in our world. You think of the noise of the world. You think of the darkness of times of the world. Uh, how society, little by little, not with any huge steps, but incrementally, just half percent at a time, is just moving away from God. You know, it's just little by little by little until if you stop and look back at where we've gone in the last even 20 years, 30 years. Look at how much society has moved away from God. You think of practice rates, vocation numbers, marital breakup. Just in the last 20, 30 years, it's just all little incremental changes. But there's a definite trend, there's a definite direction. It's not towards God. So this is the direction things are consistently moving, always in a more progressive or liberal direction. You know, when, when has it happened that, that a country that has allowed abortion has decided not to anymore you know it's very hard to, to, to change direction once once we, we, we start once we deviate so maintaining your peace in a world in, in a family that isn't practicing in a society that's becoming more and more humanist and maybe even hostile towards the faith how to hold on to your peace how to hold, hold on to your peace uh in in your prayer life when you don't feel like you're getting anywhere when you don't feel like you're changing or growing how to hold on to your peace if you're struggling with an addiction okay so it's a very, it was a very well put together thought. I'm just going to share one point of. Well, she had ten points. This was just the introduction. This wasn't even one of her points. Uh, this is just the introductory thought, which I thought was spectacular. Uh, and she said, "The devil, you see, the devil is obviously constantly tempting us. But one of his main temptations is to try and make us think that it's all on us. 
that one of the devil's main temptations is for you to think that it's all on you. It's all on you. So because of that, you just feel that you're just supposed to just try harder. So in your prayer life, if it's not working, just try harder. In your marriage, if it's not working, just try harder. If you're struggling to cope with bereavement or illness or whatever it is, just try harder. But she said, that's a, a temptation from the devil. I thought, hang on. That's what I thought you're supposed to do. Just when she said it, I was like, yeah, yeah, that's not what I've been saying. That's not what I think. Well, and, and so she fleshed it out like, and I just thought, that's genius. That's really spiritually insightful. Because if you say, then I went off on my, old conference, on my own little conference in my head while she was talking about what she said. I just went off on my own tangent and just developed it. Because if, if we say to ourselves, if we believe that temptation that it's all on you and you just have to try harder, just try harder. You know, something goes wrong. Try harder. Things that you're stuck in your prayer life. Try harder. What's the problem with that? Because that sounds like a good thing to do. It sounds like a good thing to say. What is the problem with that? The problem, there, there are numerous problems to it. But number one, if you say just try harder, it's all on you. There's no grace in that. There's no divine help in that. It's just you. Just push on. It's, it's again, it's, it's not the worst. It's, it's one of those temptations that it's, it's well masked. It's well hidden. Um, sometimes, like what, what Satan tempts us to do isn't outright satanic. Uh, it might sound a bit contradictory there, but what, what Satan tempts us to do isn't necessarily bad. It's just not the best. You know, uh, rather than, you know, like, uh, rather than go to Mass, you know, go volunteer at a soup kitchen. Volunteering in a soup kitchen is a good thing. But do this in memory of me, was Jesus' command. That's first. Our service to everything and everyone after comes afterwards. Volunteer on, a, on, on another day or go to Mass on Saturday night, whatever it is, find, find an alternative solution. But the devil will tempt us to do good things in favour of the best things. Now he's tempting us to do good things. You understand? Like the devil isn't so stupid to say, do you know what you should do now? You should become a Satanist. <laughs> like Satan tempts almost no one to do that. It's too obvious. But just don't do the best thing. Do something that's that's okay, that's average, it's fine, it's enough. Just don't do the best thing. So, so when she said then that Satan tempts us just to, just to think it's all on us and we just have to try harder, that means then that we're, what we're not saying is, Lord, I need you. What does, so what does the Lord say to us? Come to me, all you who labor and are overburdened, and I will give you rest. Come to me. So rather than thinking it's all on me, rather than thinking, you know, I have to just try harder, I just have to, you know, grit with grit and just push on, on through, I have to actually say, Lord, uh, I need you. I need your help. I need your guidance. I need your consolation. I need you. And the, the, the beauty of this is now it's no longer all on me. It's no longer all on my shoulders. And it no longer depends on me, which in a way is, is a form of pride. Uh, Bob Schutz in, in, in his book, uh, Be Healed, would talk about ungodly self-reliance. That too often, even in spiritual things, even in good things, we rely on ourselves. You know, ungodly self-reliance. The 12-step program. Uh, I, I'm, I won't quote it exactly, uh, but the, the first step in the 12-step program is to recognize your complete inability to overcome this addiction on your own. Your inability to overcome this addiction on your own and the need for a higher power. So step one is that you recognize you can't do this on your own. 
you recognize that you can't do this by yourself. You can't do this from your own strength. You need God. And that's exactly how the Lord has made us. He made us needy. We're not perfect. So he has made us that we constantly need him for everything. We, we live every day from his grace. We're held in existence by him. He's created us that way. This is a good thing. You know, it's like a phone is created to have a battery in it. Without a battery, all that marvelous technology is pure, solid, useless. You can use it as a door jam, maybe. Wedge the phone in under the door. But like, all that technology is useless without a power source. So the Lord has created us that, that, that he is our power source. He's our source of grace. So when we think, I just have to try harder... Again, it's not a, a satanic temptation. It sounds like a good thing, because yes, we should. We have to make an effort, absolutely. But it, it is a temptation to think it's all on us, and that we can become saints through our own effort, and that grace isn't necessary, and that it's enough just to, to with our human ability and our human resources, to dig deep, push on, and all shall be well. That's just not true. So, recognizing our inability is healthy. It's not low self-esteem. It's just a recognition of truth. I can't do this on my own. So rather than thinking I have to push on and push harder, I have to kneel down and open my hands and heart in prayer to the God who can do all things. And then, Lord, if you wish, Resolve this situation, heal this person, solve this, this riddle. And if you wish me to wait a little longer for the answer, Lord, I'll do that too. But Lord, I trust you. I trust you. That's how we find peace. If we say we'll have peace only when our situations are resolved and everything and everyone around us is perfect, then unfortunately, sorry, you'll never find peace. If you think you'll find peace only when we learn how to focus all our efforts and energies into solving our problems, then we will never find peace. But if we're able to say, Lord, I need you. I trust you. And you can and will do everything for me. I believe you, Father, will take care of me because you're a loving Father. And in the meantime, while you're working things out, I trust you. Now I can be at peace. Because it's not all on me. So we ask the Lord today, as he calls each one of us in ordinary time, as today is, in ordinary ways, in the simple, usual, normal, boring, mundane experiences of life, to trust him in everything, to lean on him in everything, to not count on ourselves in, in everything. Work with him. Yeah, by all means, we have to make decisions uh, carefully and discern them. But it's not all on us. We can do all things in Christ who strengthens us, in Christ who carries us, through Christ who died for us. Amen.